Welcome back to the Sunday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How was your week? Your day? Your month? Or even your year? How are you doing? I'm alright. I had a much, much better week this week than I did last week. Boosted by the fact that you've all been sending me some incredibly supportive and kind messages. Thank you so much. To everybody that has signed up to the Patreon account, thank you so much. To everybody who hasn't signed up to the Patreon account, I want to shoot you in front of your children. Please support me. Support the Sunday Roast. If you want this roast to be coming outside of the oven every week, please subscribe to the Patreon. But genuinely, thank you guys. You are phenomenal and As I said, my mental well-being is increasing by the week. It's absolutely insane. I'm like not even, yeah, I I just, I'm I'm bloody speechless. So thank you so much. Anyway, my, my week was good. Although, although I did have to go to the dentist, you know? You know the dentist? Yes, Michael McIntyre. We know what the fucking dentist is. You don't just need to keep repeat. You know, do you ever get comedians do that? They're like... Oh, so I went to the shoe shop last weekend. You know the shoe shop? You know the... Damn. You know those shops they have that sell shoes? The shoe shop? You know, there's one down the high street there. The shoe shop. Shoe shop. And they start over-pronouncing the words. It drives me absolutely mental. Anyway, I went to the dentist. I absolutely hate going to the dentist. First and foremost, because there's no point in booking a time at the dentist. You go in, you're like, hiya, I'm here for the uh, 10.30 there with uh, whatever his name is. And I'm... Yeah... Cool, just sit sit down over there. Well, it's 25 past 10, so I don't need to, because I should be going in at 10.30, right? When the appointment is booked that you're going to charge me a fucking kidney for. Do I not just go in at 10.30? No, no, just just sit down over there and read a magazine that we purchased 17 fucking years ago. What is that with dentists and doctors' waiting rooms that they can't renew their magazine subscriptions? Absolutely absurd. I made such a fool of myself because I came into the office last week and I was like, oh guys, you hear they're bringing back the Concord? No, Mark, they're not bringing back the Concord. You were just reading a version of the National Geographic that was first released in 1987. And then you get into the dentist, by the way. After your little Elizabeth Bishop moment in the waiting room, you go into the dentist itself. And he just starts using this weird vocabulary that you've never heard before. Like, oh, just just a little zing here. A zing. What exactly is a zing? Excuse me, excuse, uh, excuse me, can you, what is a zing? And then you hear this terrifying industrial noise coming from one of his instruments. And it sounds sort of like, do you ever, do you ever get when you're doing the hoovering? I mean, I'm one of these people, I'm incredibly lazy, so I'll basically hoover anything. Shoe, sock, dog, I don't care. If it's on the ground, I'm going to hoover it. If I've been given the task of hoovering, I'm hoovering everything, baby. Don't make a joke. But like, you go hoovering, and the, you know, the sound of that machine, it's like if, if, if you were having the Dyson and you're trying to suck up loose marbles, you know, those are like, it's the worst thing ever. And also, by the way, the dentist then starts talking to you, okay? And he's like, oh, sorry, you are... Are you still working in music there or how are you getting on? And you're like, man, my mouth is filled with cotton buds. I cannot communicate with you. Speak to your assistant or please listen to Radio 4 or look out the... Well, don't look out the window. That'd be mental. But like, just don't talk to me. I can't reply to you with my mouth full. And then add an insult to injury. The end of your little session with the dentist comes. And the degradation of having to spit into that miniature sink whilst your mouth is numb. 
You know that, you know, he's like, oh, do you want to, do you want to spit there? They give you a little, it's actually lovely, that mouthwash. I don't know, I'd love to buy that and just have a pint of it. It's so nice. But they're like, oh, do you want to spit there? And then you sort of like lean over like a stroke victim and sort of like slop into this tiny little sink. Like the world's worst water fountain. Your mouth isn't functioning properly. You know those type of water fountains? You get them in like public spaces. They're like incredibly weak. They literally exert water with the same amount of vigor as you'd expect to emerge from the willy of a urinating budgie. Do you know what I mean? You essentially have to fillet fillet this corrugated tin tap just to get the slightest bit of water. And then, by the way, they always pipe up. They always pipe up at this point. The fucking assistant then says, as as the water or the whatever, like mouthwash is sort of slipping down your throat, chin, she comes up and she offers you like a tissue and says, yeah, you might want to clean yourself up. Well, yeah, of course I do. But like, I didn't do this on purpose. I haven't just like ejaculated out of my mouth intentionally. You've, you, you've numbed me. You've literally sedated me. And now you're asking me to dribble into a bowl. This is not my fault. Absolutely outrageous. And also, by the way, I keep calling my dentist Denty DeVito and he gets really pissed off. Aside from that, it's been a relatively non-eventful week. I mean, we've got the coronavirus. Yeah. You know the, you know the coronavirus? No, I actually need to stop doing this Michael McIntyre thing because it really winds me up. You know the you know the coronavirus, coronavirus, and they walk up to one part of the stage. Coronavirus, corona. This is so unfunny, Michal. Stop it. But anyway, the coronavirus is happening. Sky News released an article. Dur- Damn again. Sky News released an article during the week. Okay, UK coronavirus super spreader says his thoughts are with those infected. Okay, this now, if there's any liable lawyers listening to me or people who specialise in defamatory cases, this is absolutely outrageous. So (laughs) Sky News do an article and they reveal the identity of the super spreader who infected every, every British patient who was experiencing the coronavirus as if he did it on fucking purpose, okay? So they literally reveal him and they're like, uh, Stephen Jones, also known as the super spreader. No, 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 excuse me. No, no, he's known as Stephen Jones. None of his friends, family or loved ones have ever referred to him as the super spreader until this date. You guys have coined this term, okay? And to add insult to injury, they include a photo of the guy whilst he's wearing a neckerchief. I mean, come on. In terms of disobeying a man of his dignity, he's wearing a bloody neckerchief. Don't deprive him of any sort of, you know... I guess, respect. This is absolutely insanity. He wasn't like, the, the way they, 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 I'm actually going to find this article, the way they go on and talk about it, they talk about like, uh, you know, the super spreader who also works as a scout leader where he's known as Sher Khan. Sher Khan, as in the antagonist in Mr. Kipling's exceedingly good book, The Jungle Book. Why the hell are you painting this guy like he's Rudolf Hitler? What the hell are you doing here? This poor man is barely back on his feet after spending two weeks in uh, in hospital himself suffering from this disease. He wasn't going on to the tube, by the way, and coughing into people's keep, cu- keep cups, you know? You'd swear he was literally wearing a snorkel and blowing air up people's shirt sleeves on the Lewis. This is absolutely insane. But now it's time for us to address 
the reason why we're all here today. And that reason is to explore the sixth year holiday. Sixth year, for my listeners that do not come from Ireland, sixth year is your final year in school where you experience things like the aforementioned debutante ball. You do the most important exam of your life that means absolutely nothing in your life. Okay? And then to tap, to cap it all off, you go on a vacation, you go on a holiday for a couple of weeks, right? But first and foremost, I feel it's worth clarifying that I didn't go on my sixth year holiday to Iranapa or Majaluf or one of these islands, whatever they call them, okay? Such was the extent of my pretentiousness and delusion that I felt it would be much more appropriate for my first summer as an adult to be spent in Los Angeles. I know. I know what you're thinking. I was the worst. An ego the size of port leash and a penis the size of a needle. Off I headed with the sea cat. This is my best friend who I'm not going to name. We call him sea cat or le chat du mer. Okay. Off we headed to LA. Huntington Beach was the destination. Right. Huntington Beach. Well, we had a different name for it at the time, but let's not go there. But... Huntington Beach is the worst place in the world. Basically, imagine British Bay, but with better weather and 60,000 shirtless simpletons whose biggest priorities in life are drinking oversized cans of Monster and potentially entering the UFC. The type of guys that just sort of make loud noises when they're excitable in groups because they don't know how to articulate individual thoughts. You know the types, you know the types. They get into like group scenarios with lads and they always develop their own sort of like very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, but like animalistic sort of just like, that actually sounds like home improvement. Tim Allen in Home Improvement. I'm showing my age. But you know those guys. They get into groups and they're all drinking and thinking. Well, they're not thinking, but they're drinking and they're sinking and they're just like... Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, you fucking Neanderthals. Anyway, you know the types. Quintessential beach bro guys. Classic American boys. They all have those classic American names. Like Brad or Chad or... Vlad, you know what I mean? But ultimately, they're all probably very sad. However, I do like, for the first couple of days in Huntington Beach, I enjoyed it, okay? Because I like talking to Americans. I very much enjoy talking to Americans. I had to go to Florida recently for business. Lol, Mark Megan in business. But like, I had to go to Florida recently for business and I was talking to this American guy and he was like, oh, you're, you're, you're in Jacksonville. You guys, you guys got to go down to St. Augustine, uh, uh, see the old fort. I was like, oh, really? Well, that'd be nice. A bit of culture, you know, next to fucking Walmart and the CVS or whatever. I was like, oh, there's a, there's an old fort. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, the oldest building in America. Cool. That was built in 2006. Do you know what I mean? In terms of culture, like I've literally had empty glasses beside my bed in my bedroom for longer than the fucking oldest building in America. Anyway, Huntington Beach. In retrospect, Right? Going to a beach was probably a mistake. Partly because I'm incredibly, like incredibly afraid of sharks. So I can't enjoy the water, right? But then again, <laughs> I'm also afraid of people, so I can't really enjoy the land. 
<laughs> and actually, I do have a fear of flying. So basically, my options of happiness are becoming more narrow by the bloody day. But I've never understood going to the beach. I've never, never fucking understood it, even as a child, going to the beach. Like, surely in order to justify a social activity, right, I want the activity itself to be more interesting than the preparation for the activity. This is not the case with beach trips. The most fun about going to the beach is, sorry, I need to, one second. I had this jerk chicken yesterday and I swear to God, I'm burping every fucking minute. Anyway, but going to the beach though, like, so outrageously sloppy. But like, going to the beach, I just don't get it. The most fun about going to the beach is actually packing your bags, getting everything ready. Like, you know, the choosing what crisps you want, what drinks you want. <laughs> but you know, so also, sorry, some people going to the beach need to realize you're going for the fucking afternoon. But some people bring way too much stuff to the beach. You're going for the day. You're literally, you're not emigrating, Right. We're literally going to lie there for three hours. Do you honestly think it's necessary to bring a badminton set, five footballs, a magazine, French bulls, a travel edition of Scrabble, and then, I don't know, like the Folan's 2020 bumper edition of Crosswords? Why do you anticipate yourself being so productive for these three hours? You haven't done that many ex- that many activities in the last decade, Bruce. Absolutely outrageous. I mean, absolutely outrageous. Well, also though, sitting on the beach then, especially when you're with your family, like the sheer terror of when a wasp approaches the picnic area. I hate it. I'm so afraid of wasps and flies and people. Like I just hate it so much. There's always also, there's always one genius that pipes up. Oh, that'll be, uh, that'll be the picnic, Martin. That's why they're here now. So just put the, uh, put the lid back in that cup there and it'll fly off. Oh, will he, yeah? Again? Oh my God. But like, really, yeah? People get angry at me as well. I don't know if anybody that's listening has a irrational fear of flops, wasps or flies. Good God, flops. But people, like, if anyone's listening that has a irrational fear of flops, people get really angry with me. Because, like, look, if a wasp comes close to me at a picnic, I just get up and I move away and I flail my arms, right? Ignore him, Mark. Just ignore him and go away. Ignore him. You're acting like this is somebody who's approached us asking for spare change, okay? Just ignore him, no. He'll go away. Don't make eye contact. What do you mean don't make eye contact with a wasp? How the fuck am I going to make eye contact with a wasp? What do you mean? Literally, this isn't like a secondary school bully or an overly enthusiastic Tinder date. Ignoring him will not make him go away, okay? Do you honestly think that this wasp has came over to converse? He's here to sting me. He's here to kill me. And I will die, okay? That's the reality. And then some fucking athlete, there's always one in every group, some athlete picks up his copy of Women's Weekly and he tries to swat him with this rolled up version of a dog shit magazine. Women's Weekly is a reference, but like, you know, the rolled up version. I mean, and he misses, of course, because he's got the hand eye contact of Ganesh. He misses. And then now the real panic ensues and it spreads across the whole picnic table. Oh, you've angered him now. Dermot, look at it. You've angered You've only got an angle now. Now we're in real trouble. What do you mean now we're in real trouble? We could all just run away use our agency and not actually engage in this massive flosp debacle this is absolutely absurd bernadette chill the fuck out okay also wasps don't have sentience they're literally here to sting and kill and destroy us right that's all it is i also like uh something that's spoken about a lot but i feel like needs to be addressed is this sort of absurd irish thing of the unique gift of being able to recognize an irish person 
no matter wherever you go in the world. Well, okay, the real reason is because you've gone to Machu Picchu and there's somebody there wearing a collared t-shirt from their local GAA club that's sponsored by Avonmore. There you go now, look at him. Michael, you see him? I, I bet you he's Irish. Well, yeah, of course he is, Siobhan. I don't think the Swiss or the Paragaeans are massive Avonmore savants. Absolutely absurd. The real reason why you can recognise Irish people whenever you're on vacation or on holidays is because of the face that we make in the weather, okay? Irish people, we have this sort of weird squint that we use in any weather that's slightly extreme. doesn't matter. If it's not flat, calm and grey, the squint comes out. Tiny bit of sun, squint comes out. Oh, there's a bit of rain, squint comes out. Literally, we look, we, we, it's, to describe the face, we sort of look like we've just drank orange juice after brushing our teeth, but at the same time are searching for a friend at a crowded music concert. You know the look. You know exactly the look. The eyes are super squinted. I remember... And like, like the sixth day in Huntington Beach, we had one of these moments. We saw this lad coming down the beach, right? Also, he was running. Running on sand is not fun. Don't bother doing it. Just don't do it, okay? Nobody should do it. Lily James could run on sand. Good God, I'd do anything to be that sand. But no, Lily James could run on sand and she still wouldn't look cool. Running on sand makes you look ridiculous. It's the equivalent of trying to perform river dance in Heelys or a pair of flippers. But anyway, we see this last. You can see him from a fucking mile away, right? The worst sunburn I've ever seen in my life, right? He arrives up because we had like had a rugby ball or something because we were such absolute jocks. We had like a rugby ball and he comes up and introduces himself. I was actually immediately concerned for the boy. He was so sunburned. I mean, the guy was more red than the fucking Harry Potter books. Like the bloody Bible isn't as widely read as the back of his legs. The type of guy, he's the type of guy that probably gets heat stroke when he turns the big light on in his bedroom. Do you know what I mean? The boy probably gets dehydrated when speaking into his phone if the brightness on his screen is too high. Anyway, he introduces introduces himself and... I swear to God. Guess what his name was? I was like, Harry, mate. Yeah, Mark, what's the story? You all right? What's your name? And he's like, Fringe Hall. Excuse me? Fringe Hall. No, I'm going to go again. Fringe Hall. No, no, man. Genuinely, I thought you were Irish. What is it? Fringe Hall. Fringe Hall. Fringe Hall. Fringe Hall. Man, you sound like a, a, a desk or a shelf that's on sale in Ikea. Fringe Hall. That can't really be real. Also, man, are you squinting or are you crying? How sunburned are you? I uh, you know, uh, the sun keeps you on your toes. What do you mean it keeps you on your toes? I never understood that phrase in general, keeps you on your toes. Why would you want to be on your toes? That's absurd. Really sore. Oh, I've just gone to the fridge and I almost have to call the paramedics. Stay on your toes. No, I'm not a fucking geisha. You know what I mean? I'm a fat, large, lad, sad boy in his late 20s. Stay on your toes. No, I won't stay on my toes. I'll stay on my feet, please. Thank you. Print on. There was one time when I was convinced to go on a sort of lads, lads, lads trip, okay? Worst thing 
worst decision I've ever made in my life. By the way, when I say that it's the worst decision that I've made in my life, you need to imagine the smorgasbord of ill decisions that I've made in my life. So for me to say it's the worst, it's that, that should resonate. It's fairly high up there. We, we went to this place, right, you know, in, in Croatia. And fucking hell, the first night was a UV paint party. I, I genuinely believe that any party that has UV paint should be done with permanent paint. It would make the latter half of your 20s a huge amount easier just to know who to avoid. The same applies for henna tattoos. Henna tattoos should be delivered with ink that is literally, uh, oh, what would you say? Undeletable. You know, to use the technical term. We went, we went, we went to this part, uh, this, this part of Croatia. Man, it was honestly the worst thing that I've ever experienced in my life. There's a group of us. And by the way, one of the people in our group, there's always one. There's always one. If you ever go on a lad's trip, there is all, or, or a gal's trip, 2020. But like, you know, if you go on one of these types of holidays, there's always one person who spends all of his money on the first night. All of his money. You're like, geez, are you sure you want to get that bottle of pink champagne? James, are you, are you insane? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no, of course. It's going to be great. Wakes up the next day and he's absolutely fucking broke. He's absolutely insane. Now, to be fair, I am not, I sh- I'm not like a financial model that anybody, let alone, I don't know, the Greek economy should base themselves on because I'm so, I'm the type of guy to spend all of my money on like an incredibly romantic and dramatic proposal only to wake up the next day and realize, ah, oh, fuck, I can't afford the wedding. And also, ah, oh, fuck, I don't have a fiance. And also, ah, fuck, now I'm barred from the dragon's den. And also, ah, fuck, do you know what I mean? But anyway, I was convinced to go to Croatia. And in my head, myself and my friend who went, we were sort of anticipating uh, a type of like Rob Ryden meets Steve Coogan, like tour of a European hidden gem. Hidden gem, by the way. No, 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 absolutely not. That boat has sailed and sank, my friend. Croatia is now fucking Sydney. Right, I was I was imagining lazy lunches with fresh fresh fish and a bottle of wine, boozy nights with good tunes and a few romantic encounters. Yeah, mate, good luck. Nowadays, Croatia and you know, look how far, look how far they've come. But like, Croatia is entirely different now. Turns out, Croatia is as much of a hidden gem as fucking Times Square or that food market in Dunleary on Sunday afternoons. The place was absolutely rammed, stuffed. Afrojack was playing on the first night we arrived, just to give you an example of the bloody culture that we're dealing with here. Every four seconds, you would encounter an Australian wearing a miscellaneous wife-beater, who probably, by the way, is also a wife-beater, that has, a, like, a Heineken, you know, branding on it, going, yeah, mate, you know if there's any uh, good EDM bars around here? Excuse me? You know if there's any good EDM bars around here? And then he'd say some of the races and you go, sorry, mate, I do not. Please don't beat me up, though. You ripped biscuit brained buffoon. Also, I'm pretty sure they don't actually let you on the island of Havar unless you're wearing a fucking wife beater and you have like a predisposition towards aggression. I remember on the first night we were out, we were drinking with these guys. I was like, yeah, mate, you had sex in the sea yet? Excuse me? Yeah, you fucking, you, you go and you rooted anybody in the sea? Rooted? Have I rooted? What are you, a farmer? Have I rooted anybody? No, I haven't. Have I... You read anyone on the sea yet? 
So have you basically transcribed as, have you had sex with anybody in the sea? No, I'm not fucking Poseidon, by the way. What is this obsession with men and having sex in the fucking sea? Or basically in places other than the bed? I don't understand it. It's super uncomfortable. It's really, really fucking uncomfortable. And by the way, because I was naive... Because I was naive and also as a human, I'm also susceptible to influence and I desperately, desperately seek validation on a day-to-day basis. I tried to do it. So we were staying in this hostel, okay? Or hostel, whatever. And on like our last night, I met this girl and we went down to the sea. Went down to the sea. Fucking bird's eye Megan. Went down to the sea and entered into the ocean to engage in sort of sexual activities. I shit you not. I stood on six sea urchins. There are genuinely still, I'm actually looking at my heel as we speak. There are literally still the remnants of sea urchins spikes in my fucking heel. I don't understand the obsession with having sex in the sea. I'm literally trying to hold her up. By the way, I can barely hold up a fucking Jansport bag with a laptop in it, let alone a Turkish delight. What the hell am I doing here? Every morning you'd walk down the sort of main promenade in, uh, where do we go? Split, I think it was called in Croatia. We met this guy. You know that sort of, you always meet them when you're on holidays, you know. He's like the one and lone English guy who just refuses to go home. He's been in the resort for about 11 years and he just can't accept or confront reality. And he comes up, yeah, 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 how's it going guys? Yeah, yeah, you good, you good? Yeah, man, uh, we're, we're fine. We're on holiday. Are you, are you all right, man? You look like, you know, he doesn't even have bloodshot eyes. He's got a bloodshot face. He looks like a man who's uh, like, you know, avoiding a 380 day hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it going? Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everyone calls me Cheza. Real name's Chris, but you know, everyone calls me Cheza. Man, we, we've been here for three weeks. And I have literally not heard one person call you Cheza. In fact, I've not heard one person call you. Are you okay, mate? Why, why are you here? Yeah, well, you know yourself, mate. Yeah, a bit of a real estate agent, a bit of a holiday sales rep. You know, best of both worlds, innit? Is it? Is it the best of bo- both worlds, by the way? Estate agent slash holiday rep. The best, that's like saying, oh, yeah, yeah, best of both worlds. Got a bit of cancer, a bit of AIDS. I mean, best of both worlds. No, no, it's not the best of both worlds. Christopher. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, well, I, I'm just, I've got a little room there, yeah, just above O'Neill's, you know, the English bar? An English bar called O'Neill's, really? Yeah, yeah, mate, it's, it's unbelievable, mate, yeah, they do all like, you know, your normal food. Nor, uh, normal food. Uh, go on, my, uh, is it, what, a trip advisor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, please, please, pray tell about the cuisine, my friend. Yeah, yeah, no, mate, you know, they do all normal things, you know, English things like, you know, beer, crisps. Ah, a beer and crisps. The, the, the universally unique food that's totally exclusive to Britain. Beer and fucking crisps. Yeah, mate, it's perfect. You know, got, got a little space there above the bar there. Come now, get a wash of foot. It's, it's basically being at home. Yeah, but you know, like, there's also Chazza, the option of going home. Chris, I think Chazza, Chizzy, Chris, Chiz, I think we need to find you a home. Why? What is happening here? Well, basically, mate, yeah, I've got these tickets to this boat party, yeah? Oh, you're, oh, yeah, of course, here we go. The sales, here's the salesman there. Yeah, yeah, run this boat party, mate. Loads of girls. Loads of girls. You know, oh, I was, you should have seen the girls. Should I have? 
Should I have seen them? I'm sure Stevie Wonder would not be willing to shed. <laughs> His fucking retinas have been burned by the time. Oh, bloody women that you're bringing this bow party. But come on, let's indulge. Let's fucking go. And anyway, you buy the tickets from Cheza. You end up on this boat. There are 38 men. The only female present on this ship is the fucking gobshite playing the saxophone beside the DJ. Because the saxophone beside a DJ is the world's worst combination ever of all fucking time, right? Chazak, goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to The Sunday Roast. Please follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark. And please subscribe to the Patreon. Guys, I can't thank you enough. As always, you're the best. I say it time and time again. <clears throat> Excuse me. I say it time and time again, but you are transforming my life. And for that, I will be forever in debt to you. Uh, thank you so much. Let's go. The live shows are happening. End of March, early April. Dublin and London. Let's fucking go. Thank you so much. All the love. Uh, Take care of yourselves this week. Be good to one another. And see you soon.